Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And welcome to the Backstage Show. This week on the Backstage Show, we... Once again, have our guests from last week, Kevin and Christine Robinson. Thank you again for joining us today. Hello. Hello. And You're today's topic actually is probably going to be multiple topics because we're not sure that one of them individually would be able to make a full episode, but who knows? <laughs> I forgot if we mentioned the last episode that we'd be uh, also discussing Treasurer and kids shows, and I'm guessing we will get to both of those topics today, but I guess we'll see how it goes. That's right. So what you got? So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you got? Talk now. Uh, <laughs> Talk now. So, so Kevin has served as treasurer at Barley Sheaf for th- three, six years, three terms, five years, six, six years. I think it's it's I, either I think a long you're in time. Your sixth year. Yeah, Something most of his that. adult life. <laughs> <laughs> a I'm very only, long time by I'm any board standards. Yes. So you came into that position. I forget were you initially elected or did you take over for somebody else when you stopped? I took over for someone who left. I was the president at the time and a couple of months before I took over the treasurer position, I took over the building and grounds position. So I was already manic at the time that I took (laughs) over the treasurer position. I served, I guess, one year as president. And when I took, I had served one year as president when I took over the treasurer position. Then after that, I decided to continue with all of the treasure. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, continue treasuring and not run again for president because I actually ended up enjoying the treasurer position much more than the president position because it was was very fulfilling and less people emailed you about bad things. Yeah. I I served as president of Forge Theater for one year, so I know how that can be. (laughs) Right. I mean, not that it was like being treasurer wasn't, uh, sorry, being president wasn't bad or anything like that per se, but... But, you know, the president is there as the person that mediates and yep. is the, you know, the last line or the, the first line of contact for so many different things. So this was a lot of, you know, moving to treasurer was just more enjoyable because because of the simple fact that people would just contact you when they needed a thing and you went and did the thing and that was that. So it's very it's very linear. It's a lot of work, but the work is very linear and it's... It's more focused. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... So aside from counting to money, what else do you do? Count to uh, money. So <laughs> uh, this is different, I think, than what some other theaters do. Uh, we have a we have a productions chairperson who handles the schedule and coordinating with all the different shows and things like that. But they do not handle any of the rights or financial things. Um, yeah, we touched for about that shows. in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, okay. So so what I do is uh, in addition to paying all the bills. And, um, you know, calculating online receipts and bringing in, you know, doing, doing the sales, sales receipts in, you know, accounts receivable, accounts payable, that sort of thing, typical treasurer stuff. I'm also the point of contact for any director who wants to submit a show to Barley Sheaf. So they will email me, usually in CC, the productions person, when we're right around our play selection time, which I assume you guys have probably talked about the Barley Sheaf the fact that the Barley Sheaf has members select yes, shows, yes, directors propose, yeah. that sort of thing. So the proposing directors will email me and I will go talk to the production house and make sure that the rights are available for the time slot that okay. they're looking for. 
so and that's a fairly new procedure to check for everything, right? To to it used actually to be just get the rights. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I, you know, actually, that's true because we used to just say we're producing this play, but the plays are so rarely restricted, mm-hmm. very very rarely that uh, people would not reach out and make sure that the rights were available. But we got burned. I believe yep, Glenn, it was for me. Glenn. Was, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn, um, you changed policy. Yay. Yay. You're <laughs> a trendsetter. Shaker. Yes. Um, and that was, uh, God, what, uh, shoot, you did don't drink the water. Yeah. Don't drink the water is what I did, but it, it was, gonna it was a Halloween death trap. sort of theme. Yes. Yes. It was death trap. Death You're trap. totally right. Yep. That was it. Oh, death mouse. No. De- uh, dead mouse. Yes. It's <laughs> uh, another uh, accomplice reference. That's another accomplice reference. I'm uh, sorry. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll stop making those. Uh, so, Anyway, uh, yeah, so now, as of about three years ago, we actively make sure that the rights are available. And we've actually been burned. We, we would have been burned another time where plays have not been available. So I don't know if it's just luck of the draw or, or rights houses became less restrictive. I'm sure they are much less restrictive now. I would think. Because, you know, any money that they can get is, is fantastic, considering the, the theatrical environment or mm-hmm. lack thereof right now. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, yeah, I will work with the, with the production houses, which, which makes, you know, December, December to March, it's very, very busy, um, because of all of the rights coordination that's happening. And then once the plays are selected by the membership, then I will go ahead and make all the payments, uh, and get all the rights secured. Um, so Hmm? sign the contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Handle all the, handle all the contracts and fill them out and lots of paper. So really all that has to be done up front before you can even have auditions for a show, typically. Correct, yes. And in the contract, it does state that you cannot... Some of them are even so restricted that you can't even announce them. Some, you know, there's announcing, there is advertising, and then there is auditioning. So those are like the three levels of how how rough it is, right? Uh, and then I guess even the, the last one, I think it is Dramatists, Dramatists uh, US, they, they will let you... Make the payment basically the day before your opening night. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so some are very restrictive and some are not. So you have to make sure that, that you know which one you're dealing with. Although usually I just pay it all up front because it's easier for our financial cycle because we know when money's going to be coming out. And it's kind of the same thing every year. Although this year is very different. Um, you know, Barley Chief is in a very, very unique situation in that we... Not very unique, but we own our building. So for us to be dark right now and to bring in, you know, very little income, we have very little expenses to offset that. So, you know, it's a very nice thing. We can't we can't do a lot of projects because we don't have a lot of like, you know, fixing the building and right. keeping our keeping our hundred and forty year old uh, theater uh, from collapsing in and of itself. <laughs> Like a wet. Don't be alarmed, folks. If anybody's thinking about visiting that theater, today. <laughs> no, it is very everything's fine. But you know, there's things that we want to do inside, things to spruce things up, like help, like fix the the green room basement area, like not fix it, but just make it attractive, nicer. Yes, right. nicer. Uh, we got a new couch. We did, and we were able oh. to renovate the the bathrooms before the pandemic. Was the new couch? But in did the we get rid of the started. old couches? Yes, one of them. Okay, two of them. We got a new chair. Well, there were three. Yeah, four. So two. Weren't there four in the basement? Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, but <laughs> one of them occasionally is loaned out because it's a really nice, like old 
couch piece. Period. Yeah, the, period the, piece. one we used in accomplice. The, the accomplice. Pa- yeah, yes. and we're back to accomplice. Basically. Yes. We talk about that show a lot on this show, too. We we do. Even without you here, we talk about it a lot. It was a fun show. Well, it raises Uh, a good point that you're not only dealing with the budget logistics for the productions themselves, but for sort of the operating of the theater in general. uh, I mean, that is almost more important to me because as a community theater, you know, we want to maximize our dollars and uh, so one of the things that I have really keyed in on when I came on was to make sure that we have the best rates possible for everything that we're paying. You know, like I renegotiated our trash contract. I renegotiated with Verizon. I removed some, some things that we weren't really like things that we were paying for that weren't really getting us much benefit so that, you know, if you, if you can save $3,000 a year on a theater, at the, on the theater, that means we can take that money and we can put it towards reinsulating the attic. It's like one of our major projects that we did. Was, right. You know, right. Yeah. I don't well, know. Do we, I don't know if finances matter to say you can bleep it out or whatever. I don't know. But you know, it was like it was thirty thousand dollars to to remove the entire ceiling of our attic, which was collapsing in on our props, which is not and good, costumes. and costumes. Yeah. So you know, we had that taken out, spray foam spray foamed and then drywalled and, you know, nice LED lighting. And so now that will save us so much money on oil moving forward because it was so drafty. Right. Uh, and a year before that, we redid our entire front deck. So, you know, it was like a $50,000 capital expenditure over two and a half years. It's a nice deck. It uh, a nice yeah, deck. yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> we need to do, we need to redo the roof on the deck, on the porch. That, yeah. That's like the next, the next piece. Yeah. But, but anyway, you know, making sure that we can not only fundraise but also try to try to trim the fat where we can of expenditures that aren't really necessary, or just to talk to the people that we pay money to and say, "Hey, make us pay less money, or we'll go somewhere else." <laughs> you know, it's it's things that we all do ourselves when we call Comcast and we say, "Like, wow, you guys are getting really expensive." You know, like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's the same thing, and it's just having that having that time to 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 do that and the drive. And I, I really like doing that stuff, so it, it fit well. Do you do private work? <laughs> <laughs> you mean, will I call Comcast for you? <laughs> um, maybe. I'll you don't have to I'll call Comcast you. for me. I don't have them. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy a car for you. I just bought one last year. Or All right. I do do that. 12, 14 I've, months I've, ago. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've done, some, done some car purchases for friends as their like, <laughs> negotiating consultant. Nice. well here's a question i guess so i would presume that you have to deal with an annual budget of some type yes so we barley sheaf has it's about dollars is our typical budget for the year okay um is the fiscal year tied to the season i would uh yes yes our fiscal year is a sort of traditional nonprofit of june 30th or july 1st to june 30th so which isn't exactly tied to our season but it was tied to the way the season structure was 50 years ago and changing the fiscal year I, I haven't like I, I deal with our accountant and, and the taxes and stuff like that. But I don't I don't want to go around like changing or trying to figure out how to change our fiscal year and right. stuff like that. I'm not that deep into finances to, and taxes to really know how that works. Is, isn't that how the board positions are as well? Yes. Yes. So that our season is mostly now it's it's like well, it depends the September show. If you include the youth 
productions because if we right. start, oh, with they the do team, start in July though. That don't starts they? in July. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, so okay. It does. But sense. wasn't it? I, I seem to remember a question a few years ago. I, this is kind of getting off on a tangent, but that's what we do here. Um, no. I seem to remember a few years ago them switching whether the kids and teen shows were at the end of the season uh-huh. or at the yep. beginning of the season. But that was more about the ben- the banquet and yeah. awards, awards than it was like financial. That, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I'm just thinking yeah. from perspective of say if you have to procure rights for the next season, then. Mm-hmm. You know, that might actually fall into the previous season's fiscal year. It totally does. And it's really tricky and annoying, to be honest, (laughs) the way that works. But because I started basically paying for everything as soon as it is selected, then the it it just kind of after, you know, 18 months, it worked itself out because the the rights for the previous show are paid the previous year, right? the previous fiscal year. And there's nothing that I will, there are no rights that I will pay for that go up during that same fiscal year, actually, which is kind of weird, but it's very, very easy in QuickBooks. Like it doesn't matter because we're, we're nonprofit. So, you know, the taxes are literally just de- declaring our income and expenses. And because we're nonprofit, we don't pay anything, you know, we don't pay any income tax. So for me, it's just looking in QuickBooks and saying, you know, I can pull up the show and see all of the income and expenses regardless of when it happened. I just make sure that my time frame is like usually a two-year, like a fiscal year 1819 and fiscal year 1920 report. Well, that actually brings up a good point. So regardless of how the fiscal year breaks out, when it comes mm-hmm. to actually doing whatever you need to do for nonprofit tax filing, mm-hmm. uh, that I presume still ties to a calendar year. Uh, no, it is not. It's uh, not. So the okay. IRS, the IRS, uh, you, so our tax deadline, right, is three months, the 15th of the third month. So April, no, fourth month, right? April. Yes, April is the fourth yeah, month. Yeah. April the fourth. <laughs> so the same thing happens for nonprofits that, that close on June 30th. So our, uh, oh, interesting. Our tax date is November 15th. Okay. <laughs> so, and then, like, if you were to file an extension, then your tax date becomes May 15th as opposed to, an April 15th tax extension of from the previous math, calendar year. Math, math 15th, whatever that math ends up being for a normal <laughs> person. <laughs> oh, math the 15th. <laughs> yes. Uh, July, August 15th. Anyway, anyway. So what happens when, you, when you're, you're, you're getting all the rights for these shows? What happens if you're adding a performance? Because uh, so, you're saying there's deadlines. So there are for deadlines it. for, like, you can't pay for it. You can't advertise or audition until you've paid for the rights but right they want you to do well and they want you to add a show so you can basically add a show almost like two or three days before the show it mm-hmm. is very dependent on the on the show though things like um greece for example is a very like getting the rights for greece because there's a film a film involved there the the greece producers like it actually has to go to the physical people who produce Greece. So anytime Greece is approved, it actually went to the people who are like responsible for the United States production rights for Greece whereas a lot of the times it's even it's even automated, right? Like for maybe a musical that's done all the time in, into the woods, let's say. You submit to into the woods on MTI uh, Music Theater International. So you submit to them and within 24 hours or sometimes even less, 
their system automatically searches and nope, nothing's in your area, blah, blah, blah. It spits you, spits you the rights back out. So if you need to add a show, you submit online. It comes back within two hours, usually, and you've got it. So it, nice. it really, it very much depends on the show, the publishing house, how quickly that can happen. What happens if uh, you have to remove a show? That, that's what I was going to ask, conversely, <laughs> or if you have like, a weather a incident or whatever. Uh, yeah, so it's actually really easy, usually. You just you email and you say, hey, I'm really sorry, we had to cancel a show. You you send them like uh, the the website. Usually that's what I do, and to say that it was canceled by, you know, due to weather or, or whatever, and then they will just cut you a check at the end of the day, not not the literally the end of the day. Sorry. The, but, al- uh, <laughs> the alternative ahead, is rescheduling it, I guess. Too that yeah, might be yeah, another totally. logistic. And, and that's and that's usually usually like I have reps at MTI that I deal with and reps at. Concord uh, United, for example, who are the people who used to be Tams Whitmark. They get they bought Tams Whitmark and TRW and a bunch of put it all together Sam into French. a giant yeah into a giant house. So I have people that I email. It's been really crazy with the pandemic and all yeah, of yeah. That's the, the other question with canceling yep. an entire productions. So we were able to the, the theater was able to cancel all of our productions and get almost everything back except for some shipping on a couple of musicals because the, you know they will send out the librettos that you then like if you were listening to to the last podcast previous episode uh yes on the previous episode <laughs> we discussed about how the producer is responsible for getting the librettos and making sure that uh the librettos which are the that's like the the vocal book with all the music and everything like that for those mm. who don't know so you get that you know we have to send those back and then you get the money back you get the security deposit back, right? That's why I can only write in them in pencil. Exactly. No um, highlighter. Or sometimes people just forget them. That I'm using air quotes with my fingers. So <laughs> you can't you see can, the air quotes. You, you can hear the air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> if you added a show or you removed a show, when you are getting that security deposit back, they usually just even will take the, take the extra show out of the security deposit. So instead of getting four hundred bucks back or whatever, you'll get two seventy five back because there's one hundred and twenty five dollars show. All of those changes have deadlines. Like you can only get your money back for a canceled show like one week after, up to one week after the proposed closing. Right. Yeah. You have to. You can't just sit on it and tell them six months later. Oh, by the way. I for, I didn't we didn't perform three of these ten shows or what have you. Well, and the publishing houses are really good at working with you too. So. You often pay for the rights based on the number of seats available for purchase. Yep. Right. And there are different tiers. So if you buy if you pay for rights at a hundred seats per performance and your your purchasing audience didn't think it was a good choice and you were at the next tier down of say fifty seats per performance, if you can show your financial books to say, hey, we actually only sold less than 50 seats per performance, they'll refund you the difference between the two tiers. But those are the type of things that you kind of just have to know. You have to be super proactive and micromanage Mm -hmm. that stuff. Like they don't just forthright tell you that all the time and remind you. But if you know it, you can go ahead and take advantage of those things. Hmm. If you had a show that it was a particularly bad run for some for some mm-hmm. reason, like it didn't sell the way you thought it would. I, did, I didn't what, realize what that they you. could do that yep. sort of thing, like a partial yep. refund. 
Mm-hmm. Now, at Barley Sheaf, we're pretty much always in we're, the We're at the bottom tier, tier because the theater is so yeah. small anyway. Right. But exactly. larger theaters out there yeah. listening. And uh, it, yeah. speaking of the price per performance, some of the shows that Christine has produced or directed, the casts have gone to local retirement homes, for example, mm-hmm. uh, and performed the show. So I think we did that for Drowsy Chaperone, yep. and we did that for A Charlie Brown Christmas. These are just shows that I know that I've been in that you've directed. Yes. Um, and I've all, I was also the treasurer, I think, for both, both of those, mm-hmm. maybe? Yeah. Anyway, so I contacted MTI and let them know that we were going to go perform pieces, like parts of the show, or in the case mm-hmm. of Charlie Brown Christmas, we did the whole show. That's short. And for, for Drowsy, they charged us $25, Per like performance, which is much 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 less than the typical uh, $125 because we weren't charging, we were doing right, it as we a community charging, benefit. We were doing it for a retirement home, right? And Charlie Brown Christmas, it was free. Nice. So yeah, so if you you know if you talk to if you have a dialogue and you're engaging with the publishing houses, a lot of the times they will they will work with you. So. So I think that was probably about all the questions we had for Treasurer, unless there was. Anything else you wanted? I, actually, I did have one more question. Do you think that's the most difficult board position to fill? To fill? Yeah. Probably, maybe not to do. I don't know. Mm. It really, productions is a pretty big job as yeah. well. But although I guess with once, I'm pretty relaxed right now because of the pandemic. And I haven't <laughs> like. Not much for you to do, I guess. Well, there's the the day to day is not a lot. Right. Hmm. I'm, I'm just kind of being more strategic and trying to, you know, look at various ways to save money for the theater. But but the day to day is very minimal. But when the day to day is not minimal, it's not very automated. That's the hmm. that's really the problem with the treasurer stuff is that at least for like our ticketing system doesn't integrate well with QuickBooks. And so there are ways there. I bet there are ticketing systems that people use online that probably automatically sync to QuickBooks and their lives are so much easier. And then maybe it's an easier position to fill. But certainly uh, at Barley Sheaf, it's definitely something that that people are scared of, but I don't think they need to be. It's just numbers. I, I guess it's just beautiful numbers. <laughs> numbers I, scare some people. I That's guess it's true. a question really, are there any kind of special skill sets you need to be a treasurer, do you feel? I mean, knowing technology is really, not, not technology, knowing Excel. Mm-hmm. Excelling at Excel, <laughs> you know. Or... Um, because I, ha- I have a couple of macros and things like that for taking the sales in and automatically transforming them so that they're more easily put into QuickBooks. I've learned to do um, some macros recently in Excel. Yeah. Oh, would so, you like to be the treasurer at Barley Sheep? <laughs> no. That's all you need, Jim. Is in Excel one skills. year's time, we will need a new treasurer at Barley Sheep. And Kevin is willing to train in this year to get you ready. I'm actually not even allowed. I, this will be my last term because... There's there are there is a ten year term limit on the board, so I will have been on the board for more than ten years, and therefore I cannot I cannot be on it again until I take a year off. Which well, if you're interested in learning more, send us an email podcast at backstage link, and we'll we'll forward that to Kevin. If you'd like yes, to apply please. for this position, <laughs> well, actually it's an elected position, so and I assume they have to be a member already anyway. Yes, well, you've got a at year, least six months yeah, there of. You go. Six months of board experience, I think. No, that's only the president. No board experience necessary. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. Anyway. I will not be running. 
Damn it. I'm I not a member. I would sooner run for president. <laughs> oh, we heard it here. All right. I said I would sooner run for president. I didn't say I would run for president. Eh, <laughs> when, will, when will soon be now? No. <laughs> We're at now now. <laughs> I really, I can barely direct a show these days. I don't even know that I'm putting in for next year now. So, mm. yeah. Hello, Glenn here. Seeing as how our discussion at this point changes from one topic to another, we thought it might be best to just split this into two episodes. So that is the end of that episode, and we'll continue this interview next week. If you have any comments or questions or episode ideas, remember you can contact us by visiting our website, backstage.link, and clicking on Contact the Show. You can also leave us a voicemail or a text message by calling us at 267 225 8869. And remember, if you've enjoyed this show, please subscribe if you haven't already, leave us a review, and tell a friend about us. Again, next week we'll be continuing this interview with Kevin and Christine Robinson. And until then, you can find me and Jim backstage. Bye bye. That is probably not a very nice thing to say. Already done, sir. So I'm just using Windows Recorder. Speaking of which, is an M4A file okay, Jim? Uh, I don't think I can use that, actually. Shite. Uh, it I is can an also... Apple format, right? It M4A? is? M4A is an Apple format, yeah. yeah and why is so. my... Maybe you read it wrong. Dell laptop... Not. Saving as a M4A. That's what you usually give me, yes. Yeah. Oh, you say that as if that's not what you want. <laughs> that's fine. We're not going for okay. audiophile quality here, necessarily. I think 128. I think we uploaded an episode of 128, but usually it's either 256 or 212, I think, is the next one. Gotcha. You guys are just saying a whole lot of numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Here's every player interview ever. We just didn't sports well enough today. We got to sports better next time. You yes. could run in a fedora. I mean, <laughs> oh shit! What? I've been missing. I mean, shoot! I've been missing it my whole this whole time. Well, you can bleep that one, Mister. <laughs> I'm very impressed that we uh, haven't heard Christine Kersey too honest. I asked, and I was told I can't. I've generally opted for the aesthetic of keeping the show PG-rated, more or less. Yeah. Well, what kind of asshole would have made that mistake? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, point of order before you guys do the intro. Point of parliamentary procedure. Do you know how to teach reading? Because I know I somebody do. that could use some help with that. I'm right. sorry, Glenn, if I'm illiterate. Don't put this part in there. Yeah, don't put this in there. <laughs> that much I know, yeah. Indeed. Okay. <laughs> that would be the worst outtake ever. Anywho. <laughs> Thank you.
I have a hat.